Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm such a fan. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> oh, don't be. How have you been enjoying the internet the last couple of months? It's been, well, it's been crazy. I bet. It went from, from bad to <laughs> finding myself, I guess, kind of coming back to reality. Yeah. And in a way... It all was just kind of, I was off internet for two years almost. I posted my videos about com surgery complications maybe like four years ago. But, you know, I was getting a lot of messages from other trans-identified individuals saying that they also had complications. And for a while, I was still like trans-identified. And I was kind of trying to support those people. And they were also not feeling so alone, you know. Yeah. Then I kind of left like uh internet in 2000 end of 19 like during pandemic you know i was just busy oh. i got two relationships at the same time because i'm polyamorous and i was genuinely happy i was in love with two beautiful people um so hmm. i kind of didn't care for internet you know i was detached wasn't checking no comments no nothing and um then i kind of once I lost one of my partners because he no longer wanted to share me. So like he broke up with me, you know. So I mean he he made me choose, you know, between him and Catman. <laughs> so my fiance, I chose Catman. Um, because Catman at the time moved to Massachusetts <laughs> to be with me. Um and um so obviously I chose somebody who like traveled across <laughs> thousands of miles to be with me. But then um losing of that relationship really affected me and plus we were shopping for a house during like the peak of house shopping oh, no. <laughs> so it was a very stressful summer uh, that i went through and then catman realized he hated massachusetts so he left <laughs> and he was like come with me to colorado i was like no like i can't i still have to take care of my family you know and all that so and at the time i was not in a good mental state and um i went online again and i saw that my videos um you know were used by excellence at the time you know to analyze but at the time i was very much like stuck in ideologies and i'm just like a woman i just had bad luck with surgeries that i'm gonna at some point hopefully fix this you know and um so obviously that initially affected my mental health because you know at the time i wasn't willing to acknowledge that x once it was right <laughs> and uh, i did, i was getting a lot of message from so-called turfs but um i was what? not in a good mental state <laughs> what was the content uh, of the messages from the so-called turfs uh, well they were like uh you know some of it was just really feeling bad for me, you know, but I, at the time, I didn't want to be felt bad, you know, I was just very much, I'm a trans woman, this is like a normal experience <laughs> of sacrificing everything to be a woman, you know, it's like, and some of it was negative, they were like, you know, you mutilated yourself, you're gonna like, regret this till the rest of your life, and, um, you know, and I, I really, it sent me in a difficult, you know, mental space and um 
I kind of left the internet. I mean, me and XY Zing, we had some fallout, obviously, people like know about it. Uh, but looking back at it, honestly, her like analyzing my video and doing all that was the best thing that could have happened. It kind of woke me up from the state of uh, delusions, really. <laughs> so um, I'm really grateful for her in the long run, you know. But anyways, all that kind of made me delete my channel because I just couldn't handle all the onslaught of people like, commenting on my video. Uh, so I left YouTube, like I deactivated my channel, lost all little subscribers that I had. <laughs> and I went into actual therapy, like I, because I was in a gutters like I lost two partners back to back <laughs> I was left alone I still was struggling um I yeah also at the time also start I had back pain like that summer and I didn't know what it was so I went um you know I went and started figuring out what it was and I realized I had osteoporosis I went for a bone scan I realized I was getting scoliosis osteoporosis due to my transition you know and um so all that having like actual physical pain in my back pain <laughs> plus therapy kind of made me realize that uh, also what happened was um i was talking to endocrinologist and i was like once we realized uh, i had bone density loss we wanted to go up in my hormones so she was like you can either take estrogen or testosterone and i was like i have no sex drive at all i have no energy i barely have motivation to do anything i feel like literally solo surgic all the freaking time so after doing some research I, I was like let's do testosterone you know even though like part of me like was kind of it, it, when you're trans I guess they brainwash you especially m2f said like testosterone is bad for you you know it's something that puts you through like this disgusting male puberty and masculinized you yeah. so it was kind of uh scary you know to put my first testosterone patch on, you know, <laughs> now I'm doing injections, but at the time I was doing the patch. And as soon as like, I started getting some testosterone in my body, it felt like this fog started lifting off my brain. <laughs> it's like, I started feeling tingling in my crotch, like remnants of my penis started like catching on fire. Mm -hmm. uh, I started getting interested in my genitalia, like even so before I wasn't <laughs> for all these years. And I was like, whoa, like it's almost like a part of me started coming back online. You know, it's like, it felt like I killed a version of myself that was like trying to come back online. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I was such a different person. And I realized all these years, I was just like so sad and lethargic and depressed and so much anxiety. And I wasn't really myself. That was the main part. Like I, I forgot how vibrant I was, how more excited about life I was. And testosterone started kind of bringing that back into my life. And I started assessing the last 10 years of my life. And I, that's when I realized I made a huge mistake. I was never a woman. <laughs> Like I really needed testosterone to be myself. And um, I realized I may, as, as I went through therapy, I realized just how much internalized homophobia I had. <laughs> Cause okay. um, I was a proud gay man. And so somehow from that, I went to being a trans woman where I was like, I'm not gay, I'm a woman, you know, <laughs> stuck in the wrong mm. body. And it just was like, so looking back now that I've grown so much more, I realized it was such a toxic ideology to adhere to that like I'm stuck in a wrong body and I need to take these artificial hormones and do this like dramatic surgeries that don't even work. <laughs> try to be a woman and try to be, uh, you know, something that I wasn't. I was never a woman. I think I just latch onto it because 
I was always very bullied for my natural femininity okay. all my life. And um, where did you I was where did you grow up? What culture? I I grew up uh, in mostly Muslim country and kind of like Eastern Europe slash Middle East. Uh, okay. So yeah, also like it, Islam is homophobic, you know. <laughs> and from early on, let's just say it's the way it is, you know. It, it is homophobic, and um, but it's not transphobic because in Iran, for example, they're literally doing surgeries. Um, they trans the gay it's a, way. Yeah. Yes, they do. They're literally doing that. It's like they did have you hear a lot of, of that before you decided to transition. I did not know that, and honestly, I knew about it, but honestly, it kind of made me reassured more because I was like, okay, I'm trans, I'm not gay, because being gay almost was like the worst things that could happen to you. <laughs> so in a way, I guess I latched onto it because it was a way out of my homophobia. And also like, um, it was kind of gave me a chance to be heteronormative, you know? <laughs> it almost like you were moving up and ladder in society, you know? Yeah. It's in a fucked up way, that's how, my brain sold it to myself <laughs> it, also i was looking for answers because you know growing up as a kid i tried to butch it up you know i tried to be more masculine because as a gay guy um there are some gay guys that are straight passing so they have that privilege you know they can go down the street with the or just go on with their lives without people really knowing they're gay unless they want to come out as gay like they can selectively come out to people if they want but your, to but your fe your femininity as a man was highly policed in your country of origin and in your culture it was yeah, my mom was always like, oh, I wish you were like other boys. I wish you were taller and more masculine. She gave me two Kung Fu classes, trying to boot me up. And everybody hmm. was beating me up because I couldn't like, um, yeah, it was just really bad. I was bullied mercilessly in school, called like fag and all that stuff. So it was finally like, um, I honestly, but even when I moved to US, I was um, still proudly gay. You know, I was going out of my hair because I, I like androgynous look. I like kind of confusing people. <laughs> You know, going to the male bathroom and people would like give me stuff. Like I wasn't enjoying um, my femininity without thinking that I was actually a woman, you know. <laughs> um, but then I went to school once and, you know, I was asked, like, what are your pronouns? Because I was like having more longer and longer hair. And like, mm -hmm. that's when I was like, what pronouns? <laughs> and um, so I started like researching more. And once I did more research, I kind of like things start clicking in my head that like yeah when i was a kid i was already like exhibiting gender non-conforming behavior yeah. and you know i would put a towel around my head pretend it's my long hair i would sneak bar barbies into the bathroom and play with them <laughs> you know uh secretly i would steal my sister's barbies um or dolls i mean they weren't barbie dolls they were just like <laughs> dolls <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I kind of latched onto it. I was like, oh, yeah, like I must be a woman trapped in a man's body. <laughs> so right away, I kind of went into a transition mode. You know, I wanted to like feminize myself. All of a sudden, this like desire to feminize myself started coming on. And as I start feminizing more myself, than, more I became... than you actually were already, you, right, you started to yeah. produce it and reify yes. it. Well, because uh, once I went to a cult meeting, also known as Transgender Conference, it's called like First Event. It's oh. every every January in Massachusetts. Um, back then, it was just like sponsored mostly by surgeons. And there were like a lot of surgeons were coming and giving presentation, having consultation in hotel rooms, which looking back is so sleazy, you know, <laughs> like, mm. uh, right? And um, there would be people, you know, giving classes to cross-dressers, how to act more feminine, which is like, now I know what kind of people they were, but back then I couldn't really understand the whole like, 
what's trans, what's cross-dressing, you know, I, I felt like I, I thought I was a woman, you know, but when I went to cult meetings, a lot of them were middle-aged men, you know, in wigs and cross-dressing, like that was like 80% of people that were attending the, the cult meeting slash conference. Hmm. Um, so now it's a little different. Now it's more corporate sponsored. You know, if you go to a cult meeting now, there's definitely all those corporations having tables, giving out free stuff, kind of like a pride type of stuff. <laughs> You know, showing support to trans communities. So it definitely yeah. has come a long way. Back then, it wasn't, uh, you know, I was just mostly just surgeons <laughs> trying to sell plastic surgeries, trying to give presentations. Was this encapsulated within a, a, a larger community of the LGBT community that you were part yeah. of? Yeah. Uh, in a way, um, it and did was. Did you find because... a home when, when you moved to America and you found that there's these communities existed and it's okay to? be open about that did you play um, that's not how that's not how it happened like once i found out about pronouncing um i you know i started feminizing myself more and as i started dating so-called <laughs> guys who are attracted to feminine boys the more feminine the better you know they were like oh are you gonna take hormones like they're gonna make your skin softer you know it was just like i don't huh. know if it's the right thing for me you know people were like are you gonna have the surgery i'm like i don't know if i want to have the surgery because that's gonna make me like as a woman i enjoy being unique so somehow i went from that to like, okay, I guess I need, and some people were like, oh, you're not feminine enough. Like I was feminine enough for certain people, but lots of people were like, uh, yeah, like I'm not still feminine enough. So, you know? so it was just you, like, went, you went from a childhood where your society was, was telling you you're not masculine enough to this other right. society that's telling you that you're not feminine <laughs> enough. Right, exactly. So there's so always like, this external uh, pressure to, to put you into a Exactly, category. yes. <laughs> No, for sure. I mean, 100%. Um, and then I was like, okay, I guess I need to take hormones to maybe feminize myself more, you know, and um, I was, I, I grew up chubby as a kid. And when I lost weight, like, I had natural curves and small, t I, even when I went through puberty, because I was chubby, I had like small TDs, you know, so I was feminine, I guess. It's more so I thought I needed hormones because I was trans, you know, and I needed like was a natural step to be like a real trans and not just a crossdresser, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So I went to Fenway Health, which was one of the biggest hospitals in, Mass in one of the biggest in the country that researches LGBTQ stuff. And they were actually one of the first hospitals to test Truvada and all those drugs, you know, and they've done a lot of research over the years. So when I went there to get hormones, it was just like physical assistant physician assistant giving me hormones um i think her name was julia thompson i'm exposing everyone i don't care i'm gonna say those names so she, i think she still works at fanway and it's a lot of their staff is lgbt you know q plus plus now like um so they're most of their staff is like gay or lesbian or now trans as well. So um, yeah, that's when they told me, you know, there's cult meetings also known as transgender conferences. Like if you want to go and see like, cause at the time there was no surgeons in Massachusetts that would like do bottom surgeon and all that, you know? So I was like, okay, yeah, perfect. Like I'll go to a cult meeting. <laughs> so that's how I ended up going there. You know, and that's when I was like, oh, there's many more like me, like I'm not alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I also didn't see too much as presentation of myself because a lot of those people, as I said, were middle-aged men. And in my head at the time, I thought like, oh, they were trans women as well, like me, but they had to adhere to heteronormative standards and they were just afraid to come out earlier. You know, I didn't understand the whole AGP thing at the time, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I just, that's how my mind interpreted it. I'm like, they were just like trans women like me. They just weren't as fortunate to realize that sooner. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, and and so during this whole process of getting in, uh, getting information, let's say, nobody brought mm-hmm. up like mental health. No, that's another thing. Like now, now, like that I'm in real therapy, not the therapy. Because the last time I had therapy was just to get letters for my surgery. Like I'm okay. not even. And kidding. they encourage <laughs> that that therapy is only there to get you in the door. Honestly, I was so convinced I was meant to be a woman. Oh, One of the yeah. biggest fears, like I'll be honest, like going into therapy. I was afraid that I they won't give me letters on time. Every other session, I was like, oh, can I get letters yet? Can I get letters yet? So I was so brainwashed that was this was the right thing for me and this would solve all my anxiety and depression and like things that I was going through. Like I, I was going through that all my life pretty much because like I was, regardless whether you're trans or just like super feminine boy, like you're, we're like living at the fringes of society, especially as the place where I grew up, like, we are already traumatized, like to start with. And I feel like I lashed onto it because I saw it as a solution to my problems, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, I think no. that the, it doesn't sound like you were brainwashed. It sounds like you had to process so much. You had not give, you were not given the time to have a childhood right. um, free right. of all of this stress. And this was finally like, you're, you're fine. You're you, and we're going to help you be you. So I don't even think it was exactly. brainwashing so much as that it was the opportunity for you to, escape yeah that's what i'm saying the pressures yeah. that you've been uh, looking back i don't think it was gender dysphoria it was social dysphoria like <laughs> i'm trying mm-hmm. to coin that term and, or at least popularize it well, because l- l- let's expand on that because when you would look at yourself in the mirror did you have any disgust with your body when you grew facial hair when when you masculinized mm-hmm. was there a reaction to that not initially i mean as i said i was like i enjoyed my curves as a chubby person i guess i was mm-hmm. kind of like liking it uh, but i I don't know, not initially. I, I think I had maybe some hair dysphoria. So like, even when I was a gay boy, I guess I was trying to get rid of all the f- body hair and facial hair. Yeah. I think it seems to be common, like Kuniak is going through that. So he was saying on his channel how he has like hair dysphoria. Like, But again, like that's easily fixed through like laser and like mm-hmm. electrolysis. There was no need for like insane hormonal, a lot of gay dudes, you know, lasers their body and they're not transitioning, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah I, had, I had discussed maybe like with my body hair a little bit you know mm-hmm. and i didn't like the facial hair that i had too much you know i didn't fully hate it but i didn't like like it i think it was normal every every person doesn't like maybe some aspects of their body i mean looking back i do have body dysmorphia i never growing up chubby i never felt sexy or wanted so i overall just was uncomfortable with my body but the funny part that feeling never went away even through all the surgeries and body modifications as i mentioned on my channel like i really still don't feel sexy I still don't feel comfortable now more than ever now that I mutilated my genitals and I don't really 
like have such fun times having sex <laughs> it's like uh, but i never felt 100 comfortable in my body and that feeling never went away and i think it is body dysmorphia because even when i would look i wouldn't feel disgust but i felt i would feel awkward and not 100 sexy you know and that mm -hmm. feeling really never went away that shy boys that was battered yeah he needed therapy he never like it was a software issue and it was just like i kept on modifying my hardware but the software was still the same and that's why i was never i was still that unhappy traumatized person <laughs> but on top of that like i lost my testosterone and i was like lethargic and you know so, and so when you first went on yeah. estrogen they from my understanding they usually block the testosterone so the estrogen can work right yes, so I did that first period was too. there like that euphoria thing or, or did uh... no actually no honestly it was worse because my dick started shrinking and like um, okay. i actually got more depressed but i attributed it as like part of transition you know like once i do the surgery i'll be fine and i was telling that you know to my therapist that like no i'm sad like because also when i started hating my dick for some reason once i started taking estrogen it's like somebody would touch it i would like no don't touch me like i'm a woman this part doesn't belong on my body okay. i don't know so how then I the went gender from, dysphoria like, kicks in at that point i think so i think hormones definitely pulled me down the spiral you know hmm. it's people that's why i say when people say oh not a big deal take some blockers try hormones see how you feel it's not a joke having cross-sex hormones in yourself when you were most like you were masculinized as a man <laughs> went through actual male puberty it's not a joke like it definitely messes with your mind and makes you more confused you know and i think it definitely brought more confusion madness and chaos into my life taking hormones but at the time i was like i am a woman i'm a woman like i'm gonna do this you know and i felt like all those people who wanted to play with my dick were just tranny chasers you know that's what uh, transgender ideology tells you like they're tranny chasers they're high, highly transphobic people they don't see you as a woman ones that just want to play with your dick and like oh. and I, I was like oh i guess all my all of a sudden my pool dating pools that expanded is like not the right dating pool for me because they don't see me as a woman which is so toxic like looking back like i was never a woman what's wrong with people who are attracted to somebody like me who's super feminine but still has a penis you know and i actually did have people trying to talk me out of surgery you know i had one guy telling me that um he was actually married to a trans woman and like we were chatting online and uh he told me that like once that person has a surgery their mental health went down the hill and he was telling me like don't do it you know it's like you have functional opinions right now but you're not gonna have functional vagina <laughs> whatever they're selling you and he was actually a medical professional himself too he was an actual doctor but i went online and i was like on susan.org back then susan.org was popular now it's kind of a dead website it's all on reddit more or less okay. so i went online and i was like guys like this is what people are telling me you know and like like no don't listen to them they're just Chinese chasers. They're trying to talk you out of it because they want you to keep your penis, you know? So honestly, there was like this like push not to listen to anybody who says otherwise, you know? And my parents were telling me it will never work like real thing. Not because they knew any research. They were, that was more religious spin on things, you know? But now I kind of understand that because I went through like my own spiritual journey. <laughs> I like this whole thing triggered my own whole like spiritual journey that really? I'm probably wanna yeah I don't know we'll have time to go into it but like yeah so I guess they were right in a way but they ha had more religious spin on it and that's why I was not willing to listen because transgender community 
almost wants you to detach from people who think otherwise. You know, it's kind of cult-like mentalities that want to sucker you in, cut you off from people who actually love you for you, you know. This transition costed me, like, my relationship with my parents. You know, it costed me a relationship with my grandma. My parents won't let me video chat with her because they say she'll have a heart attack if she sees how much I feminized myself. So it's kind Mm. of sad, but my grandma always loved me. She never saw me as a freak. You know, she actually loved me for me. So it's just kind of sad that I sacrificed so many years of not having that relationship. (laughs) Honestly, it's like so emotional. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sure that I'm sure that the opportunity will open. Yeah. So that's kind of, I was, I gave it my 100% to this transition. You know, I was like so dedicated. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and during therapy, nobody tackled my childhood trauma. Nobody tackled like that I have borderline personality disorder (laughs) and like, um, and some other issues, body dysmorphia. I didn't even know I had body dysmorphia. I never understood why I was at, like, why I still don't feel sexy in my own body or in any, or never at any point did I feel fully comfortable. Even when I had like just titties and dick, like I just, um, but as I started doing more research, you know, due to like excellent things, I kind of opened up my eyes. I started like researching this like other side of things. I'm like, these people are right. Like I was, the reason I was defending this ideology for so long, you know, and I fought back initially and I was like TRA for a little, for a little while. <laughs> it was because I was literally a guinea pig, the Stockholm syndrome. I was ready to protect my abusers, which was transgender medical care you know and honestly that's what it was despite Mm. how i felt like they experimented on me and did all this damage to my psyche and body i built this identity and i kind of it was almost easier to fight for it than like face the reality (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was very hard to come back to reality but my therapist kind of gave me strength to come out you know and she encouraged me to write a book but as I started writing, I also have ADHD. I was like, not really <laughs> writing too much. And I was like, I like talking more. So I'm like, you know what? Time is going by and every day is... Because I started like seeing, watching Reddit from a different eye, you know, the transgender subreddit. And I saw how like all these people, like uh, moderators of the forums of transgender section of surgeries, they were not really trying to tell help people and like they were really trying to push medicalization on people in a way because people would come and post something like, I don't know if I should have like surgery within a year or in three years, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, wait, maybe like better technology will come around. You know, even when I was a TRA or like trans activist or trans identified person, I was always like four years ago, I started talking that like the surgery doesn't seem right. Like guys, we need new tissues. Like this is not working out. Like I was very open about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Even though my goal of transition was to like, be stealth, just live quietly, not be online, just like leave and be left alone because that's what I wanted. But I came online because I want to warn other people. So as I, as my eyes are opened, I realized like, they're really like telling people to get surgeries. Cause when I was writing like, oh, wait three years, like that person who asked, shall I wait one year or three? And then moderator of the forum hidden still was like, don't listen to that person. That person has complications, you know? Then somebody came online and wrote like, I went to therapist and therapist was telling me, maybe I have like body dysmorphia and not gender, dys- gender dysphoria. And then people like, 
oh no, that's like a transphobic therapist. Go get a different therapist that will confirm, you know, your gender dysphoria, your trans. Then I saw one man write like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, what, what does the community do when presented with evidence of a botched surgery? Something absolutely undeniably uh, gone wrong. Right. How do they... They're like, oh, you're just like 1%. You're just 1% uh, who has complications. Is there any kind of support for... Uh, no, not really. I mean, they feel sad for you. They're like, I'm so sorry it happened okay. to you. Moving on. You know, it's like, it's not okay. like... the only. But I think just things start adding up to me. Like when people start reaching out to me, like especially one trans person reached out to me because I was always blaming myself for doing surgery too soon. I did it in 2015. I was like, if I waited, I could have went to a different surgeon. Maybe I could have had peritoneal pulse through, which is like the hottest surgery right now. But because I had those videos online, this person reached out to me and said that like, they just had that surgery not that long ago in New York and had peritoneal pulse through and they had two more revisions and they still only have like one or two inches and they're unable to have sex. And now they're looking into colon vaginoplasty, which I had that doesn't work either so i'm like this is like a big circle jerk <laughs> like, and then that person told me she talked like to four or five other people who were in the same boat like they literally their vagina also shut down despite regular dilation and i've seen people post on reddit and be like oh my girlfriend got like peritoneal pulls through her vagina is so tight like what do we do and it's just like nobody responding nobody pays attention okay and, and, and uh, this perennial postural i i don't understand the latin there but it's just the, yeah, the, 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 they, the it's a new Neo vagina method. starts to contract or it's a new method where they took a part of your peritoneal uh it's, i think it's part of lining of your stomach or something i don't really oh. know because i haven't had that okay. yeah it's like it's a hottest surgery right now some people who can get like free surgeries in canada they're literally using their life savings or looking into using their life savings to okay. come to us to get that surgery because wow. i don't think it's offered in canada yeah but i but talk th to people, these body yeah. these body tissues never change what they are so they're always acting like they are. Yeah. Like the colon will think, always act like the colon. The, the yes, exactly. They don't. Like, yeah. But the logic behind it, I think peritoneal, that peritoneal lining has more like, uh, it produces moisture. some kind of liquidity moisture. And that's yeah. why like, I guess, penile inversion, now people are realizing it's not optimal. So in 2018, they started doing this surgery, peritoneal pulse. If you Google it, like it was some patient who literally like approached Dr. Ting in New York and was like, hey, do you want to do the surgery on me as an experiment? And they did it and kind of took off. <laughs> like, okay. Literally, they're tweaking this as they go. Like, I'm not even kidding you guys. Like, this is so insane. Wow. They did that, I think, on Jazz Jennings. They, they gave her like a patchwork vagina <laughs> that fell apart. I'm telling you, they're experimenting on us. This is not cute. And I'm, the reason I'm speaking out because I'm so angry. I feel like the whole D-trans people have been popping up on the scene, like going back two, three years but people are still getting surgeries at high numbers you know and um i was trying yeah. still to pretend to be trans and i was trying to talk people out on the reddit but i was getting shut down and that's when i took a more radical approach i'm like you know what <laughs> i'm joining the other side because this is not right what happened to me shouldn't happen to other people i also i realized how much hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My life would have been better the last 10 years had I just been authentic self instead of trying to pretend to be a woman and live in the shadow and can't even share my uh, issues with people because like you can't just go and tell, be telling friends <laughs> in real life and social lives that I went through all those horrific surgeries you know <laughs> that don't even work uh, it's like mm. it's very isolating you know it's like yeah. and I think 80% of the trans community don't even get surgery they're just non-ops you know they're just living their lives they're waving trans flag safe trans kids versus like they're protecting medicalization and they're promoting it in a way, but they're never even going to do it or taking steps. They don't even know what it does to you. Like, mm. you know, they think they're just pretty much like cross-dressing or they'll take a little estrogen, if at all. Like, and because you're right suggesting now, that's irresponsible of them. Um, what? That's yeah, irresponsible. You're suggesting, sure. yeah, yeah. It is irresponsible because um, in a way they don't know what people, just because you are not planning to do anything doesn't mean that the kid online or young person, impressionable, vulnerable person who is looking for some answers to their problems might see that and might decide that, oh, why why don't I still look as beautiful as that person or as feminine? Some people are naturally feminine, you know, it's like, I didn't have to do that much. Like I was naturally feminine. Granted, I'm more feminine now because I did have facial surgeries and stuff, but like, People even now, they're messaging me and being like, oh, I'm still going to take estrogen because I want to look like you. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, don't do it. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Estrogen doesn't do as much as people think it does. You know, honestly, I don't think it gives like, I see so many people writing, oh, I've been on HRT for two, three years, but I still don't have the hourglass figure. You know, I think a lot of people think they're going to take like estrogen or testosterone and like, just like turn into a man. woman pill. Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, oh, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And a lot of this trans, um, like I looked up to trans influencers, you know, like back in the days, Gigi Gorgeous. Gigi Gorgeous still hasn't had the surgery. You know, she's smart. (laughs) Hmm. You know, um, I looked up, you know, to other people who are non-ops, you know, they're literally just got titties and uh, wearing some makeup. Like I'm a woman, but I can only imagine how many kids look up to Gigi Gorgeous and other, some other people and got medicalized, you know, and um, And I, I strongly believe, like, <laughs> they're going to be a huge wave of detransitioners. It's, it, we're just seeing a tip of iceberg. This yeah, is honestly yeah. going to go down in history as definitely one of the biggest medical scandals. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to believe, hard especially, to believe especially with especially. the amount of counter-propaganda that's being pushed from the highest levels of government to the lowest uh, levels of the Internet. It doesn't matter. The truth will always prevail. I feel like mm. right now we're being hated on and we're being people saying the reason I'm doing this because like <laughs> I'm internalizing transphobia and it's like yeah. I made a mistake and now I'm blaming others. But what exactly was my mistake? You know, I was convinced I had gender dysphoria. I seek help from medical professionals so, who were allegedly certified to help me. <laughs> You know, and they affirmed my delusions at the time, I guess, or my desire 
mm-hmm. to use this as a solution to my problems instead of telling me that like, you know, maybe you have other issues. Let's explore that first. This is a medical, like radical medical intervention. Like this is no joke. This, if, if, if it helps some real trans people, this should be as a last step of intervention. Like people should definitely be offered more tools, you know? Uh, I so don't know what to say. When... <laughs> You're starting to experience cognitive dissonance. You see Excellentics video on you, um, and you start to it, your your mental framework starts to collapse. And I'm sure that that's yeah. pretty crazy, making anxiety making, maybe a little breakdowny making. Um, you get in contact with a therapist. What does a therapist allow you to start to do? Like, what questions do you you start? What what kind of perspective on yourself do you start to take that that starts to ground you? How do you get to a place where you start to accept and love and and heal? Um, I don't know. I feel like once therapist started, I just I almost start solving problem. Like, like as I start talking more, I just realized I had childhood trauma, you know, <laughs> and I realized just how much trauma I had. Like as I tried to tackle all this because I lost my partners, I realized that like you know. I am not a good partner due to all the trauma and due to everything I went through. Like uh, something is wrong with me, you know? And as I started, like, also at the time I already started taking testosterone and I was like starting to realize that like, I'm still this effed up person I was before transition. <laughs> and now I also have to heal from trauma inflicted upon me through like the surgeries and through like this transition plus being online and being like targeted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for my videos. And it was just like, she just started talking to me, you know, I don't know, it was just a talk therapy. And as I started talking with her, like a lot started coming out, you know, from my childhood. And I realized like, it was honestly not so much therapist, like, but when the hormones hit my body, the right hormones. Hmm. And I, I felt like I wasn't myself all these years, you know, and, um, and that person that started coming online wanted to be more present <laughs> and wanted to heal, you know, and that's when I, realize that this this medicalization of my situation didn't help me, didn't solve any of my problems. And I don't know, it just kind of was self-realization. I don't think it was anything she said or asked me. <laughs> she, I like to talk a lot. So I guess every therapy, like she barely gets to say anything. I'm just like, <laughs> so I think that's how it went down to be honest. Like, hmm. I feel like I'm such a complicated um, person that like, it's going to be hard for average <laughs> therapist to tackle what went wrong because a bunch of different things went wrong, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, um, she just started like talking to me and trying to like, she also raised concerns, you know, like she did, as I started raising my concerns that like, I don't think this was the right thing for me transitioning. She said that like, she went to a conf- like she does continuing education and she went to a conference and they were parading a trans child around them, you know, and being like, this is what trans child looks like. The only thing you can do is affirm their gender. And like, <laughs> she was the first one who told me I had body dysmorphia because I kept on telling her, like, I can't have, like, I still don't feel sexy. You know, all I can focus on is like scars underneath my breasts, on my labia, you know, and whatever, on remnants of my penis. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you have body dysmorphia. And that's when it's like, wow, I have a severe body dysmorphia. And that was like a big clue to why I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. Mm-hmm. That kind of explained a lot of things, like why I throughout my life, I never 
felt like fully sexy, fully connected with my own body, <laughs> no matter what I did to it, no matter how I feminize it. So yeah, like now that you asked me that question, I think that was a big clue that like I really didn't have body dysmorphia. And I also told to her how like traumatized I was from like childhood for being like very feminine and so it just started clicking in me. You know, I never could understand why like some people like Jeffree Star, let's say, who can own their femininity, but not transition. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a very feminine man. He wears makeup and hair. Mm-hmm. He's a popular YouTuber. So like looking back, I realized like I was just probably like a dude like him, you know, <laughs> if I didn't get caught up in gender ideology. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just realized just how much trauma leaving styles and like trying to have sex with mutilated body parts did to me and how much it stole my 20s kind of. And I felt angry. I was like, wow, I could have just been having a fun game sex you know <laughs> and i realized things never felt right trying to have sex with heteronormative heteronormative woman lookalike with mutilated body parts was just never fun and i'm a gay, gay dude you know and i and i i also once testosterone hit my body i realized like my sexuality has changed over the years you know before i felt like i okay if i lose my dick i don't really need it because i'm a bottom but it, now i've changed like I, i'm more like becoming more dominant, you know, (laughs) I want to, you know, use my part and it's not there anymore. You know, I start having like phantom limb thing, you know, I wake up in the morning. I feel like my penis is still there, but it's not. The phantom peen. (laughs) Phantom limb thing. I don't know what it's called. You know, I mean, you guys are smart. You know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. You said it right. (laughs) I was just making a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I literally, sometimes I wake up and I feel like I can't move my like penis, you know, because I would get you know boners in the morning like every dude <laughs> and like now that i'm getting testosterone sometimes i wake up i'm like oh i have a boner and then i reach down and it's not there it's like oh. so traumatic yeah yeah uh, it is very traumatic and that's how i know like i am i made a huge mistake like i wish my penis was there i wish i could you know fuck my fiance's ass but i will oh. never be able to do that and i'm angry like this ideology took my balls took my penis and i feel yeah, I feel so, like they did wrong. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Like trans communities tell me that uh, the problem is I had rapid onset of gender dysphoria. I'm not a real trans person, and I'm. They're like real trans people know from very young age who they really are. Oh, so they revoked like, your trans status once you started to question. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. They're, they're okay. yeah. They're like you were just a Never gay been. dude. With, yeah, yeah, I never was really trans. That, that's a problem. Like, real trans people know who they really are from very young age. I'm like, okay, that's very, mm. very dangerous statement to make in this environment, <laughs> because as we grow through life, your sexual preferences can change. The way you, you feel can change. You know, you're not the same person. You may have not gone through transition like like I did, and this radical transformation, but you're also not the same Ben you were 10, 20 years ago. Like mm-hmm. a version of you dies kind of as you go through life. And like you're, the way you feel about the world, about yourself, your place in society changes. It's very dangerous to make a permanent decision based on how you feel in that moment in time and how society is in that moment in time. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It's extremely dangerous statement to make. It makes me really angry. People telling me that I was never a real chance. Like, um, I guess I was convinced enough to leave my balls and dick at the altar, you know, so. Hmm. That's one way to put it. So you have, you have legitimate 
cause to have extreme amounts of anger and regret and sadness. I do. Um, and yeah. that could, um, that could very well run you or anybody else, uh, aground. Um, you mentioned spirituality. I wonder if there's a, a sense of connectedness, um, that has helped you or a sense of, of belonging or being that has helped you to um, not succumb to total despair in, in, in this time? Yeah, so in 2018, when I had um, another revision, <laughs> you know, another revision, and like, which resulted in fistula, and um, that surgeon, Dr. Salgada, was later found doing a lot of unethical things and got fired. You can Google his name, Christopher Salgado. You'll see this insane articles. He was he wasn't fired. He resigned, and now he's still working as plastic surgeon. Other people, there's like really no repercussions for really botching anyone in this industry, unless even if you kill them, they'll probably find a way to explain, like that the patient died. Like first surgeon who worked on me did my first surgery. He had a patient die on the operating table. You can Google it. Sherman Liz is his name. He's this like old man in Pennsylvania. He's almost in his 80s. He's still doing the surgeries every week on people, even though he had a patient die on operating table. They still were somehow explaining that away. Just Google him, Sherman Lee's like patient gas or something. It will come up. So this is how effed up the whole thing is. Like, <laughs> yeah. So in 2018, like after I came back to Massachusetts from Florida, at the time I lived for a while in Florida. Uh, mind you, I was living with a medical doctor uh, for two years <laughs> and he was with me through the surgeries and they still managed to watch me up and like he was completely shocked how like I mistreated I was in hospital, how like surgeon before knocking me out on drugs to do revision on me. He was like, oh, don't worry, even if it doesn't work, there's more to lives than vaginal sex. He literally says that to me in front of my boyfriend at the time and like a bunch of surgeons. So when I'm telling you I was abused by medical system, by surgeons, I'm not fucking kidding. Like, I was abused. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, come on in, let's do searches on you. People would make comments, like, you know, like that, you know. It was just, like, completely inappropriate. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For somebody to say that to me, right, when they're about to do revision on me to expand, to try to expand my vaginal tunnel. Hmm. I mean, this is just so sad and like uh, so unethical. Like this is just so, I mean, I, it will be another hour for me just to talk about the abuse I face in the medical system, this yeah. hormonal situation. But yeah. let's talk about spirituality. So anyway, initially in Florida, when I was having complications, I was like, my vault was crushing because I was so convinced I was meant to be a woman. And I felt like I was going to have the surgery. I'll just dilate on schedule and like, I'll be able to spread my legs and get, take a dick, you know, cause I'm HSTS. Like I like sex with men, you know, <laughs> so I'm that like, that was the goal of the surgery. You know? And I was made to believe that I will achieve that goal, you know, but it wasn't happening. My body was treating it as a wound. It was shutting down no matter how hard I dilated. So I, I just didn't know. And plus I ended up with a fistula. So I was like, didn't know what to do. So I, I, I felt very suicidal. Like I was like, this is it. I need some kind of radical something happening in my life or I'm going to like kill myself because this is just like, 
disaster. <laughs> like, so I ended up doing ayahuasca, you know, which was popular at the time, you know, to try to heal myself from trauma, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was, even before I went to therapy, I was already questioning things, you know. This all was in the making. It wasn't just X16 situation that in therapy and testosterone. Yeah. Like, this was in the making for years for me to, like, finally being fed up. I was trying to speak out even earlier, but people were like, if you post something too radical online, nobody will work on you to fix your surgeries. So I was almost blackmailed in a way. Like, yeah, like, people were telling me, if you, like, trash your surgeons too much and expose them, you know, nobody... You're up a creek without a paddle. Yeah, so it's like nobody will ever fix your vagina, whatever, like front hole. <laughs> and like, that's why I was like saying silent for so long. It wasn't just excellence. Like, you know, people blamed her like for me leaving the YouTube and people blaming me for taking her channel down. But no, like it wasn't that. It was in her case, it was a bunch of other issues. And in my case, a <laughs> bunch of other issues. And I apologize to excellence multiple times since like, I love her. I feel like she was a badass. She was important. We may disagree on some of her methods of making, <laughs> you know, her content, but like, she's still very important. And I hope she comes back. Like I look up to her. I feel like it's not easy to speak out the truth. But anyway, I have ADHD and I'm medicated. So I'm like pouring in my, my mind is always like racing different, like miles an hour so anyways i did have yes guns that's when it kind of gave me some relief i felt like i'm still like part of universe like there is i'm still like i don't know just gave me a sense of relief that 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 journey it made me feel better but i don't remember any specific lessons i walked away with mm-hmm. you know i did it twice and it just definitely improved my mental health it kind of made me feel like in a larger scheme of things like I'm just here for such a short time. Like this reality will be over before we know it. It's just human experience is very fleeting, you know? And it's like, I have to find some beauty in the moment because all this is gonna be over, you know? I don't know. It just gave me good feelings about life. I I remember I was able to kick my depression for a while somehow, despite all the horrendous surgeries I've gotten. (laughs) And then, but then it kind of creeped back again. And I also broke up with that person in Florida. So I came back to Massachusetts and I felt like two years of my life were a complete waste. I had nothing to show for it. My relationship was over. I was worse off than before with revisions that I got in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. It made me feel secure because I was like, oh, my boyfriend is surgeon. Like he like would, you know, there's no way they'll botch me up, like, because he's a known surgeon in Florida as well. He doesn't do, like, any gender confirmation stuff, but he does facial work and, you know, plastic surgeries. Um, so I kind of, it kind of gave me, like, full sense of security that I'll be fine, you know? <laughs> there's no way they'll mess with me, you know? Um, and fuck me up again, <laughs> but they did even worse. So that's why I was like, you know what, I need something a more radical uh, to finally, I was trying to look for meaning, you know, I'm like, is this just random shit look happening to me? Like, what went wrong? I was so convinced I was meant to be a woman, you know, like, I felt like this, my reality just doesn't make sense. Like, what am I, like, what's happening? So I, I like, long story short, I did end up, like, meeting one dude. Like, it was so random. Like, it's a whole nother story. It was just kind of serendipitous situation. It kind of found me, like, I wasn't really looking for I've heard of that experience. You know, somebody was telling me you should try, like, toad venom, 5-MeO-DMT. <laughs> it's, like, the strongest experience you could ever do, you know? And, like, and I felt like I didn't want to spend the money on it <laughs> at the time. It was, like, a waiting list when I lived in Florida. So I was, like, whatever, you know, like, it, I don't think it's going to be much different from, like, mushrooms. I literally started medicating, you know, with psilocybin. After I asked, I started medicating with psilocybin and, like, um, cannabis and all that. So it was helping me, you know. 
but I was still felt like I didn't have meaning in life. I felt like I lost it and I never, I'm not able to have sex. You know, my dating pool is very little. I just broke up with my boyfriend in Florida. So I didn't know what to do. So like, and this toad thing kind of found me. I met some random person and he was like, oh, my friend is like doing the ceremonies with a visiting shaman, you know. Shaman Wait, like a toad, like a rainforest thing? Uh, no, not toad? the combo. No, not the combo. Okay. Buffalo areas, the the smoking of toad venom. I know there is two, there is a, there is a frog. There is a poisonous frog from Amazon. They kind of like burn holes and put poison. That's a different situation. I have okay. not done that. <laughs> that one is different. Um, and then there is a toad venom, which is five MUSMC, which is like the strongest psychedelic you could do. Okay. I mean, some people will argue me that ibogaine is stronger. Like I haven't done no planning to do ibogaine, but. <laughs> Um, I think 5-MEL was definitely the strongest psychedelic I've ever done. Like, I literally experienced it. It's called God, God Molecule. It's it's very different oh, okay. from MN DMT that Joe Rogan popularized, you know. Everybody's like, oh, DMT, like, so else. That's, that's not how. That's a spirit <laughs> molecule. The thing I did was <laughs> the God, God Molecule. molecule. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I know some Christians are watching this and they're going to be so mad. <laughs> but, I, that's, but that's what it's called, you know. <laughs> and and, um, I don't encourage it. I don't recommend it because because I don't want to make 5-MUSMT popular because the frog is already almost extinct because people are capturing them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, um, anyways, I experienced near death what I what like what I could describe. You know, I I saw the whole my whole timeline from childhood from being a little boy in in that country to like to the future. And um, mm-hmm. I saw that every it was like a perfect code that my creator wrote and there were no mistakes like my creator did not make a mistake (laughs) and I saw myself like through the eyes of my creator which I kind of felt like it was higher self as well I don't know just like a higher version of myself slash creator somebody who wrote that code for this like reality for my reality (laughs) and I kind of saw at the time I saw my masculine like moving towards me and um, I don't know, I'm having hard times exp- explaining it, but no, I'll do no, my no. best. Please, please, yeah, just... Uh, I know people are going to be like... Your masculine force or energy or self? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. So, like, I felt like I was emitting the signal that only my species could hear. You know, it was like like certain species of whales or fish, well, not fish, I don't think fish emits signals, but like some dolphins underwater mammals, whales, yeah, dolphins, yeah. right? So it meets certain like screeches that only their species can hear. Like, <laughs> so it was kind of like that, like I was meeting this mental signal. And uh, I felt like in that moment, I did feel like I was more feminine, you know, like I was the feminine energy. And I was like going through like dot to dot and expanding like every dot was like a lesson and I was like expanding and expanding and meeting that signal and my other my masculine was coming towards me you know as well and like he was I, I don't want to say he but I guess I don't want to gender the masculine energy it was my masculine was here. <laughs> like gender like literally gender is such a traumatic subject in this hospital. like honestly like oh, I'm traumatized yeah. so um Anyway, so masculine was moving towards me and masculine could hear. <laughs> I don't want to say man because like masculine was moving towards me and like hearing my emission of my signal and masculine was emitting the, the same signal because we were of the same species. And then we kind of like end up every, every like 
fuck up every whatever as it was no mistake it was leading me to this perfect outcome <laughs> that I would have not changed for anything and I also feel like I've done this many times before and that's like it, and eventually like remove meeting the signal and we meet and we made and there's this beautiful union of like masculine and feminine that resulted in every cell of my body just feels this intense I can't explain that feeling. I don't want to say orgasm because I would cheapen it. Because oftentimes when we have orgasm in this reality, sometimes we're thinking about dirty thoughts, you know, <laughs> like thinking about dick or vagina, whatever it floats your boat to have an orgasm. But that was just pure bliss, like of union of masculine and feminine. It's mm-hmm. like the whole point of this reality was to unite with my masculine, you know, and that kind of sent me on the whole new age spiral when I've never experienced anything like that. So I was like, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. Like, it felt so real. I felt like I've done this many times before. Like, how could I forget? Like, that's what I came here. Like, my masculine is still out there. Like, at the time, I was like, he's looking for me. You know, I I can't just give up yet. Like, I need to stick around because um, I'm like his missing puzzle piece and he's my missing puzzle piece. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to kind of stick around. I can't just give up yet. Like, there's meaning to my timeline that deeper and like, so it kind of gave me push and I was like convinced, you know, I was, I did more research and I felt like I experienced what a lot of new age people call as twin flame union, you know, I kind of experienced it from the inside though, you know, and I started doing more research. But anyway, so what happened was um, I was like, wow, no way. Cause I've done a lot of psychedelics before then to try to help myself. So I was like, I've never had experience like that. What the fuck was that? And I immediately signed up for another session because I wanted to go back in just to see will I get a different message. Because with psychedelics, it's always different depending what mind state you're in. So I'm like, did whatever I was going through that day influence my experience? Like, I'm just a curious cat, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm literally engaged to a cat man, so I'm a curious cat. <laughs> so like, I'm like, um, I need to go in and see, you know, will I have a different message depending on like what I ask what mm. I said my mind or going in, you know, mm. or will it be completely the same, you know? So I signed yeah. up for another experience. Do we have time to talk about it? Like, do we have time? Yeah. yeah. I want a time. Okay. I'm cool. curious. curious. Uh, <laughs> you're a curious cat too. Well, you, okay. you knock on the door secondly. I'm, I'm just a little worried because the second, second time can be a little different than the first time. yeah i know exactly so i paid for another session again like i'm telling you all the shamans all the medical doctors whether they're spiritual doctors or they're not there to help you from what a lot of them just there to make money even the spiritual shamans so that's what i've learned going through this because i was a very naive sweet person before all this happened to me (laughs) now i have i want to put a message out there just be careful doctors you trust regardless if you're going through transition or any kind of like anything just please do your own research as well like don't blindly trust people just because they have md next to their name just telling you guys please learn from my lessons so anyways i pay for another session i sent a little paypal transfer <laughs> even though he's like a known shaman he was in a bunch of documentaries about five in the year dmt yeah. uh, so initially like i was excited to go back in you know my adrenaline was through the roof for the first few days it's almost feels like you died and came back but you have a chance to implement those lessons that you learned <laughs> during this near-death experience. But then on the third day, like things started, I started hearing vibration of the earth. Like I couldn't be alone because I would hear like, 
mm, like I would hear like vibration. I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? I feel like I was going crazy. I was like, whatever doors, doors I open, like I need to shut them now because I feel like I'm going actually crazy. And I would realize this was the most powerful psychedelic, one of the most perfect powerful psychedelics you could do. These people should have never just given me a medicine and just send me on my way, like <laughs> without any integration. Thank God I had shamans who work with ayahuasca many times and they've done many ayahuasca trips and they're literally in California doing like this ayahuasca ceremonies to celebrities. Thank God I had like one person's number who I could talk to who's been through this experience. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. You did this. Don't worry. You're not going crazy. It's going to go away. I literally had to reach out to other people who were going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And for them to be like, don't worry. It's going to go away. You're fine. You just need some time to integrate your experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I started having lucid dreams that were like completely as real as this reality, which I've never experienced before. I was seeing my day before it happened like my timeline my times were like collapsing i was really scared i was like when i go second time i wanted to cancel it i emailed the shaman i was like you know what like i'm really scared can i please cancel it he's like yeah sure if you don't want to do it that's fine but they were now they were not going to give me a refund <laughs> just like with my surgeries oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's okay if you don't like the results what it did to you but you're not getting a refund not even for prepaid sessions that's coming up like <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit. But I was like, I'm kind of cheap. So I was like, fuck, I already paid 400 So I was like, and, and then... <laughs> oh, no. I know, I know. I'm like, you know what? But also, like, I was, I kept on having lucid dreams. I was afraid to fall asleep, you know? I was so scared because I was... Nothing scary was happening in my dreams, but they were very real. And one dream, I was literally, like, woke up, went to saw my sister like everything was fine and then i woke up and i was like i haven't seen her since and then i went and saw her and it's all it was just like a groundhog day like i'm not even kidding it, i felt like i was losing my sanity i mean most people think i, I guess i must have been not insane enough to <laughs> subject myself to penis amputation but that was like a whole next level of insanity <laughs> yeah and um, i was like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take two friends with me because first time i went alone like i drove two and a half hours like what other 20 something year old, like I must've been really desperate to drive two and a half hours, smoke toad venom with some shamans by myself, <laughs> then drive back right after experience. Like, oh my God, looking back, that definitely was a manly thing to do. I don't think any average female would have done that. <laughs> I don't know, like no shade. Okay, I, I don't want to prepare more sex to say that. Can you please edit that out? Please edit that out, please. Why? <laughs> because so people funny. are gonna say I'm perpetual. Yeah, I know, I feel like, Okay, I shouldn't say that because there's some very brave woman, so I apologize. I guess uh, I was or a reckless. brave person. Yeah. Or reckless, or reckless. either But the second yeah, time you had two people come up with you. I did because I'm like, you know what, guys? I want you to film this session. <laughs> and one of them was doing good too. I was like, he actually was broke at the time. So I'm like, I'll pay for your session. I just want you to tell me if you had the same experience. Because I don't want to, like, the whole trancing made me just be cautious about things. I'm like, I need to talk to more people like who've done this. Before I bl like blindly trust something, like, I need another person to go into this. Like, I know he was struggling with depression too, and he was open to psychedelics and he's done a lot. So I was like, yeah, I would like that. I'm just like, I lost my job. I'm like, I'll pay for it. Like, whatever, you know, I'll pay for it, right? <laughs> to the universe. Like, I'll pay for your session. I just want to compare my experience to yours. And I wanted a surfer to Curtis. He couldn't do it. He wanted to do it, but he was on SSRIs. So <laughs> unfortunately, growing through shit like that, I feel like a lot of people that were, I was friends with were friends that also went through a lot of bullshit in their lives because I kind of can't understand those people better yeah there are a lot of unfortunately depressed people not necessarily chance 
like gender confused people, but just people who've been through shit, you know? So <laughs> anyway, so still once drove again, I was so scared because the night before I also had another lucid dream experience where I was like, flying with wings and there were all these people trying to talk to me i could touch them i could interact with them it was really scary and i i couldn't i knew it wasn't my base reality and i wanted to leave it and come back to this one but i i didn't know how to and i like finally woke up and like thank god and i was so scared the whole two and a half hour ride <laughs> i'm and i'm i was trying to tell the shaman that i'm like super scared it's like oh don't worry blah 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 giving us a whole new age bullshit like oh it's it's fear of your ancestors you need to heal you know it's 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 no different than like regular surgeons that are telling you to like oh you didn't dilate enough when i'm literally telling them like i dilated religiously they're like oh no it's your fault like it's the same as spiritual <laughs> shamans sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so literally i was so scared and um i smoked it again and i went back into that space and it was exactly the same as first experience <laughs> okay. and uh and my other friend did, and when I talked to him, his experience was completely different. And to me, it was shocking because I felt like both of I've never had two exactly the same experiences on psychedelics because they're always different, kind of. You know, uh, not, like like I said, it, it's really very relevant on set and setting and like your mood that day or what you're going through that week. But this one was exactly the same. Yeah, I was again in that subspace where I was moving towards my masculine. And again, it re- resulted in this beautiful nirvana state that the union ended up in and it was just so like and my dreams went away because going in I was like please just take away whatever is happening to me because I just want to be like back to my before I smoked this toad venom because it's too much like and it all stopped it kind of grounded me back into this oh, reality okay like, oh never came back yeah <laughs> oh, that's it's almost made me Yes. Yeah, I know. Thank God. I never, I never heard again vibrations like someone said. <laughs> Some or, things you don't need yeah. to hear. Yeah, Some doors no, you no, don't no, need like, to open. Yeah, exactly. No way. I don't want to, I will never do it again unless I'm really suicidal. I was considering doing it before going into therapy, but this time I'm like, you know what, I'll go into actual therapy. <laughs> yeah, okay. and, uh, so anyways, I was convinced that I was going to need, you know, my twin flame and that's my whole purpose in this reality is to unite with my masculine. So when I got into those two relationships, I, it was confusing because I loved them both. And I was like, which one's my twin flame? <laughs> It was just so weird because I loved them both and like they loved me both and they kind of knew about each other, you know, it's like, but they were asking like typical, I don't want to say typical, okay, I'm going to strain away from those (laughs) words, but like, um, I guess neither of them wanted to share me and I had to kind of eventually make a choice and um, sign it up as a cat man. I mean, but when Catman left Massachusetts because he also got depressed uh, because he was living in my house with his cat, plus my ex-husband, plus your cat, plus we're trying to buy a house when everybody else is trying to buy a house. So it was just a very stressful time. Plus I was grieving the loss of my other partner because I still care for him. It was a legitimate loss. Like, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was just so confused, you know? And then once I took testosterone, it just kind of hit me. I was like, fuck, I may have misinterpreted the message. Maybe it was about balancing my masculine and this 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 time it was about like I think this reality was about using my masculine and feminine together instead of killing my masculine Hmm. so but in a way once I had the realization I got catman back into my life you know (laughs) so I kind of maybe got both but I definitely that experience taught me that my creator didn't make a mistake and like I should have never your own twin flame I am, yeah, and it's very toxic to be like, oh, I need to find my twin flame, like in, in the other reality where I could have been my own twin flame, <laughs> in a way I could have been spiritual idol gynophile. 
Okay, you heard the steer first. <laughs> I could have been a spiritual other kind of one. <laughs> you know, those twin flame people, they're looking for a twin flame, and I could have been my own. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, but, so you're, you're speaking That's out. I, I hear your, um, you have a lot of energy, and you really want to protect people from making the mistakes that you've made. Um, and mm -hmm. I have to tell you that, the momentum is not working in your favor at this time. Like there's a huge establishment. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of force. Um, it's not going to end tomorrow. The dragon's not going to be slain by one sword puncturing its heart. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I want to give you hope with that, but I also, uh, want to use that as a question to, to ask you, what do you see as your work going forward? What, what's kind of, have you figured out like, like the, the, the concrete message that you want to send and then how you're going to expand on that. I honestly don't know. I feel like the surgeries, I, in my hearts of hearts, I believe these are surgeries that need more exploration and this whole medicalization of feeling like a woman or feeling like a man or feeling like something else definitely needs more scientific research. And it's absolutely unsafe in my opinion after everything i've been through and talking to the transitioners and other people who are still i didn't find this chance but have complications and all that mm -hmm. we just don't know like the long-term results of all this and i would like the surgeries to be banned for people under 18 and humbly under 25 across the country in america and i know it's going to be very up to hill battle because a lot of people are infatuated with the whole trans thing <laughs> Uh, and the trans know, kid being paraded through psychological conferences. That's not at all yeah, spiritual and when religious. I went to, that's, that's yeah. some weird kind of offering going on there. Yeah, also, like, when I went to, like, um, cult meetings, like, first years, there were just, like, a bunch of cross-dressers and people, like, new who are adults, like, trying to figure things out. But yeah. shortly after, we started having trans kids, and they were, like, so celebrated, you know? <laughs> but I was on as well, because I was like, oh, my life would have, my voice would have been more passable. Because some people also tell me that I'm unhappy with my transition because I'm not passable. And for those of you who don't, don't know, passable is, like, a toxic notion of how much you can emulate the stereotype of another sex which is completely disgusting and toxic <laughs> sad so the mm -hmm. people saying i'm not passable so like if i were if i was a trans kid and i was like masculine didn't masculinize i would have been more passable and happier but also marcy bowers who's the head if anything anybody i've been like that's what i'm promoting marcy bowers definitely needs to be investigated because marcy bowers is a head of um W pass and Marcy has been setting standards. It's, it's part of setting like, the standards of care. Standards yeah. for care for the surgeries that he, I mean, she does through like Marcy does through uh, private practice and have been doing for years and profiting off. And uh, he just, yeah. <laughs> Marcy just came out and made a statement that like, um, M2Fs that were on blockers and had the surgery will never experience an orgasm because they never had testosterone. Every single child who was, or adolescent who was truly blocked at Tanner stage two is, has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's, it's really about zero. Blockers prevent the rise of testosterone and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so we don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. Um, but are they going to be able to achieve sexual satisfaction? It's important in relationships. And I know that from my work with female genital mutilation 
survivors that that the lack of being able to be intimate with a partner is very important. And so this is what really raised the red flag for me is to say, look, we're going to really, we need to have our eyes open about it. I think it's been beneficial talking about it. Joe and many others have reported to me, you know, they've, they've changed their approach a little bit in their informed consent models and that they're, we're talking about masturbation now. We're talking about, okay, that's a, an area of the body that's got very dysphoric for you, but you know what? It's all a penis is, is just a large clitoris. I mean, let's, we're all, it's all the same material. It really is. So, uh, so, you know, use it for, for, for the pleasurable purposes, partially that it was intended. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Why didn't they make that statement sooner? Maybe Jazz Jennings' family could have made a different decision for Jazz. You know what I mean? Well, there was a lot written on Jazz family. I mean, the, the, the fame quotient, I think would have, uh, they can still be as famous if they bring this thing down by being honest and saying that mm. maybe this wasn't a good decision for jazz, you know. But regardless, how are you going to say this is we're helping kids to be authentic selves when some the one spectrum of those kids that are transitioning from male to female may never know what it's like to have an orgasm. As somebody who lost my dick, like I realized I'm, I could have had so many orgasms during this <laughs> 10 years, seven years. Now it's like, I feel angry as I stole my orgasms. I could have had a few a day and now I can barely have one a week. Like, <laughs> so it's just like, and some kids will never know what it's like. And I know it may sound creepy, but like, as you get older, like it's part of human experience to be able to achieve one, you know, with another, with your partner. It's part of beauty of human experience, you know? And like, I don't think it's very fair to like, it's very unethical that Marcy just came out with the statement when X1 thing has been ringing bell for a while about this, you know? <laughs> and um, in part, I feel like maybe X1 thing making those videos forced Marcy to say that finally that statement. So at least parents have better information, but also in some countries now, parents, if they try to uh, tell their kids otherwise, try to offer them some additional therapies, it could, it could be considered child abuse uh, if they don't help. You lose kids. your kid in, under certain yeah. circumstances, yeah. This is just insane. Honestly, now that I'm awakened to the reality and everything that I've been through, I, that would be my fight in the long run to literally ban surgeries and seeing like Karina Cohen, like she's been on your channel. She's honestly giving me hope and like uh, that there'll be more trans people coming forward. Um, and part of, um, you know, I get a lot of flack from the trans community because I still haven't cut my hair and like remove my makeup. But I just want to say that why do you need to be like, oh, a woman can have penises? You can be so a man people. Mystery. People are again pressuring you to be less feminine. Yeah, <laughs> I can fucking circle, dude. <laughs> I can't win, dude. I can't you win. You just can't win. <laughs> so sorry. I, I can't win. I can't win. It's hilarious. <laughs> Now people saying I'm too feminine. <laughs> <Today>, man. <laughs> I cannot win. My childhood mother said you're too feminine. You can't. You're not a real man. <laughs> Some people said you're not a real woman. <laughs> now yeah. it's like you're not a real man. I'm like. Now that, um, uh, you know, there's so many other things that you can do to improve yourself, to to do good work in the world, and to be a good person to other people, and mm -hmm. maybe not being sexy enough, not being masculine enough, not being feminine enough is all just distraction from uh, not loving yourself and other people enough, and and getting in the way of of just you know sharing your light. 
right sharing your light so i just hope like by even raising a, i went on our ariel carcello i hope i didn't butcher her last name i'm sorry ariel i went she's on her great. channels so yeah, yeah she's great she's so brave honestly if i model myself after women like her that are like badass and not afraid to speak out after women like x sick you know instead of trying mm. to be like what i thought men would like which is <laughs> dumb you know <laughs> uh which is mm. like women come in different shapes and sizes like honestly like before i even came out i was like looking up to ariel for a while because she was speaking out the truth and no matter how unpopular the opinion was you know <laughs> honestly like excellencing and ariel and like blair white and some other people inspired me to and gave me strength to speak out and be like what's happening is not right and we need to stop it but i honestly don't know how we're going to tackle this dragon that's like flying around <laughs> and like setting everything on fire. Um, I just hope even trans people will understand that like they need to do more research that like they shouldn't be promoting the surgeries, especially if they haven't gotten them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, people who are holding trans kid signs at the parade, do you even know trans kid like personally? Do you know somebody who was a trans kid and left 20, 30 years and was still happy and said like, I will not change anything about this situation? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's only if famous trans kids we have is just Jennings and we're all seeing that I don't think that person is very happy I mean mm -hmm. it's my personal opinion somebody's gonna be like you're not a medical professional but I'm like from what I can see I don't think that transition is going so well for that person and mm -hmm. I guess we have a couple of others like Kim Petras I guess that person had surgery when they were 16 I can't speak on that person because I don't know much other than they're doing some music career I don't know like I think we need more evidence more happy transitioners towards that actual gotten the full surgery you know i know a lot of happy transitioners that have not gotten the bottom surgery like blair white and like some people i know in real life i feel like they're still getting to in, okay this is going to sound controversial i do feel like they're still getting to use both male and female privilege <laughs> and like you know in a way they some of them have i don't know like some people claim to be taking hormones, but some people I know that have still fully functional penises and they still get to use female privilege, you know, in a way like, you know, using female spaces, <laughs> but, and I don't know, doing, having access to female spaces while still having a fully functional penis and having male sex drive, which now I know it can be a curse, but it can also be a blessing because the reason I have so much energy now is because I'm taking testosterone. Mm. Mm. Before I, I was like very like, you know, a very typical trans woman. You can't call me he, you can't say anything. Like, that will set me off. I'll go on a crying binge. Now I'm like, I'm a man. And like, they did me wrong. So I need to speak out. And honestly, mm. it became actually... Also, I realized as a sensitive boy growing up, killing my masculine was the worst thing I could have done because I became more emotional. And honestly, I couldn't even get over it. Your my masculine thing. was protecting you. It was protecting me in a way, you know, even though I was a very emotional kid, you know, I still had a lot of feminine energy, what would traditionally be considered feminine energy. Like I have to explain this so people don't cancel me for this at least. Uh, yeah, so that's why, like, as I started taking testosterone back in my body, I'm like, I don't care as much about people's opinions, you know. And also, I finally stopped thinking about my ex from a year ago. I'm like, mm. oh, I feel so i'm not thinking about him like it's over yeah yeah almost like you get to be a bit I... of a dick now <laughs> yeah i get oh, okay i don't i don't want to say anything stereotypical but like yeah no, I... <laughs> it's I fine know. my channel is filled with <laughs> controversial stuff <laughs> controversial regressive uh, yeah. so that's where i'm at and honestly i i'm gonna go to as many channels as i can and talk about it because yeah. well, my I sexual just... life i took a real hit through this affirming care mm -hmm. and honestly yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, people should at least be aware. I think we're not going to be able to fully stop the trans community, but at least maybe we'll make people question of medicalization as the right thing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I want a future where people embrace their biological blueprint because I realized I made a huge damage to my original blueprint, which was an important part of what, it, what I'm, I was meant to be, you know? Um, I don't think I was meant to be a woman. I was meant to expand the definition of a man <laughs> because uh, feminine men are always been treated like shit <laughs> by both gay guys and straight guys. So, um, and I hope that in the future, there is place for men like me so we don't feel like we need to transition <laughs> uh, to be able to wear makeup or have long hair and not be like, not experience male violence against us, you know? And that's what I wanna try to portray. And um, I hope some trans people who see the way I look and the way I speak, maybe it will also inspire them just to at least drop trans label <laughs> and be like, you know what? I am a man with a dick and titties and love it or shove it, you know? You don't need to carry, try to be like, I'm a woman, you know? <laughs> and try to make it more difficult for a woman, you know, and like competing their sports. I don't stand for that. I don't want people standing for that. That's obnoxious. <laughs> Please stop now. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm encouraging if any trans influencer sees this, just please drop trans label, be something else because kids are watching your channel. People like Sam Lux, Maya Henry, um, maybe transition work for them, but so many people may fall into their step and not be a real trans. Like I'm not a real trans, you know, but I was convinced I was one. So it's just like, this needs more exploration. Just guys, even if you don't agree with TERFs and stuff, some of these people are really compassionate people. They're not all TERFs, they're just concerned that the searchers are not safe. And they're, I don't think they are after everything I've seen. So that's the message I want to put out. I want, again, I want to see a future where people embrace their biological sex, but express outwardsly any way they want without being targeted, without feeling like they had to belong on some kind of spectrum, you know? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Are you still Sorry. nervous? <laughs> I'm such a fan of yours. I don't know. I went. I completely bombed Ariel one. I'm so embarrassed with Ariel situation because I literally couldn't sleep a night before. I was so nervous, yeah. and I like wrote down the notes. And usually I'm freestyling, and I was trying to look at the notes. It was just yeah, so. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really well, bombed. That. Maybe we could do another redo. Do I don't know. We'll see. But I felt uh, more com like I, I know at least now I need to freestyle because this went a little more flowy yeah, yeah. and more authentic. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ben, for all your work. I, so you I, only have a Twitter right now. You you have a YouTube. Have Where can Twitter? people find you? I am on YouTube under Shapeshifter. Just type in Shapeshifter to separate words, and my videos will pop up. On uh, you know, Twitter and sh uh, Shifter of Shapes, like plural shapes, because Shifter of Shape was already taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you can follow me um, and see my content. I'm trying to, you know, I also give a lot of hope to the transitioners. You know that there is still life after dropping translabel and like moving through life, embracing your original sex, you know? And that's what I'm hoping to. I don't know how my life is going to yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I encourage you to keep speaking out. Um, the male detransitioner um, space is uh, underrepresented, and there's a lot of different um, sub-genres of the detrans male, and you're speaking to a very specific type of man. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate what you said about uh, expanding the definition of male um, to include and accept the feminine male. And we could do as men a lot more to, uh, to accept those uh, fellas and <laughs> even uh, help them from uh, doing um, 
irreparable harm to themselves in the quest to get away from the trauma that, that um, comes from expectations that we put on them that we don't need to. Is the, is the reversible uh, damage already trademarked? <laughs> is that why I, you well, said Oh, we can still say it. Abigail, <laughs> Abigail put that out there. Sure, put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, this was fun. Thank you so much for giving me a platform to speak about this issue that's very important to me. So. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Ben. Have a good one. <laughs> okay, well, hold on.